0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 200 of the Quickie Podcast. 200. I never thought I'd say the day, honestly. If I'm being frank, I'm not, but I'm Dave. But if I'm being frank, never thought I'd see it. 200. Not slowing down now. So with everything going on in the world right now, I thought I would do something fun, something lighthearted, something to make you smile, something to remind you of some of the fun, proud, exciting things that you've been a part of. So what I've gone and done here is I've gone through the last 200 episodes and I have pulled out the, the project that my guest was, has been the most proud of. The one that just made their heart sing the one that got them really excited about expressing their creativity and ultimately getting to really help someone else or a business, a small business, a nonprofit, volunteer work. It's awesome. And 99% of the guests that I have on the show that I ask this question of, you know, what is the project that you are the most proud of? It's not the one that was the big, huge paycheck that allowed them to buy a boat or anything like that. It's the project where they were really, really able to help somebody at its core. Just help. Use their talent and their skills to give back to help. Not necessarily for a big paycheck, but out of the kindness of their heart to really help the cause, whatever it may be. And that, you know, it just makes you feel good. So episode 200 of the Quickie Podcast here is the feel good episode. That's what I'm calling it, the feel good. So first, before I dive in here, thank you so much for listening to the Quickie Podcast. I really appreciate it. It would be real weird interviewing these people and having absolutely nobody on the other side listening to these. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you investing some of your time, your commute time, your work time, whatever it is with me here and my guests on the Quickie Podcast. Um, As much as I enjoy the conversation, as much as they enjoy sharing their stories, it's for you, the listener, to bring you a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of joy in the day out of something design, something related to creative. So without further ado, let's get to episode 200 of the Quickie Podcast. Here we go. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: All right. So before I play the clip of the episode, I'm just going to do a brief introduction to let you know who the clip is coming from. And first up is Ben Hubbard from way back in episode number nine, single digits of the Quickie Podcast back then. Uh, Ben Hubbard is from Seattle, Washington. He is a talented artist with uh, type and specializing in type and hand lettering. He's worked with clients like Nike, Microsoft, Amazon, Zoomies, and so many more. Super fun interview. I loved this interview way back to episode nine. I still remember it well. Uh, So let's see what uh, Ben had to say. Uh, So what is a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of?
2: Probably REI. And the signage I did for them because it was the most complete. I was able to touch everything and I was able to create a language from a number of sites. So they created one campaign that was not carried out fully to how it would be executed throughout the store.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I managed the creation of or the, the extension of that language into wayfinding, uh, clothing signage, hang tags, um, promotional signage, and the general language that was used in the entirety of REI in the United States. That's cool. That's a uh,
0: that's a feather in the cap.
2: Yeah. Very cool, really complicated, and um, one of those things that you don't really think about when walking through a store that, like, oh, this was shit, like assembling these signs that, that like, we basically had to make videos for in-store employees like, okay, here's how you do it right. <laughs> um, and you really don't think about it until you're sending a thing and you're like, wait, that's just for women's and it's a palette of signs.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's nuts. Yeah, it's a really big scale.
0: All right. That was Ben Hubbard from episode number nine. Next up, I've got Nick Longo from episode 21. This was a really cool one for me because I had been listening to Nick's podcast, the Deeply Graphic Design cast, um, for a long time before I started the Quickie podcast. Um, Nick Longo is a designer and a podcaster and uh, a super cool dude who's been helpful and a great guy to bounce some ideas off of. So, I really wanted to share this one because uh, it was one of the first guests that I had that gave big props to a whole brewery project that they were a part of. So let's jump in. This is Nick Longo from episode 21. Um, So what on Mm -hmm. the other side of that, we talked about, you know, the the rough one that didn't get you the desired result, but what's a project that you've Mm -hmm. been a part of that you are the Mm -hmm. most proud of? One that just makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap?
4: Yeah, I, I think uh, I have two really solid ones that have been very recent. The first mm-hmm. one was about a year ago. We finished uh, our first brewery and we did a complete redesign, a brand from scratch, naming it, IDing it, branding it, packaging, interior, sales, uh, collateral, menu boards, uh, the truck, everything, man. And it was just they they become like family uh, the the client and it's just a it's just a great one they're out here in L A called 14 Cannons and it's still an ongoing thing and we're doing like collectible uh, t- uh, uh, cans for their limited release so to me I can bring friends and family there when they're out of town or or whatever uh, from out of town and I can bring them to a place and say bam like here it is like look at look at this kind of uh, this project you know it's like a physical space. And I kind of love that. Um, and so that one's number one. And number two was this huge one we just finished for Sears. And we were able to redesign the entire uh, Die Hard brand uh, from scratch again. It started as a, uh, a very simple deck that they just wanted some exploration and some ideas of what the brand could possibly be. And it turned into a whole eight-month project where we rebranded the entire thing, uh, gave them in-store experiences, packaging rebrand uh, it, it, the end result was like an 82 page, uh, brand guidelines. And so it was to see that when you are with the client and let's say it's the smallest of jobs and it doesn't matter who the the, the client is, if you, if you kind of like, and again, it was your gut, you know, listening to it. And I remember sending that email going like, well, what if we talk about packaging? Would, would that be something you'd be interested in? Like adding to this project? And the scope of services man just kept building and building, yeah. and and you realize when you get someone that has some budget, uh, that now's the time to really push and and build a, a solid relationship with these people and let them know what you can do for them. Don't don't ever assume, right? Like how many times have you, you do a logo for someone and they look like and they're like, hey, do you know someone that could do packaging? And you're like, uh yeah, me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Was I not clear? <laughs> totally. That's totally the yeah. thing.
0: Because how many times, you know, are you if if you don't ask those kind uh-huh. of questions you could be leaving you know on the business side you could be leaving things on the table opportunities on the table all right that was nick longle from episode 21 next up i have uh episode 50 which was a real marker special episode for me Um, I met this guest at a design conference out in Vancouver, BC here where I was actually introducing him just before he went up to give a big presentation and we were chatting backstage and I really got to to know him a little bit and hear a little bit more about uh, his life and uh, quick funny story, he introduced himself to me as the most boring person alive. So immediately I thought, oh, that's a brilliant introduction. So when I went out on stage to introduce him, I said, this guest introduced himself to me as the most boring person alive. I think you will disagree. And then I introduced him. So my guest for episode 50 was Leland Mashmeyer. He's the CCO, Chief Creative Officer at Chobani. And uh, let's get into the project that he is the most proud of. Um, so I want to switch it around from some of the areas, um, in your career where you've maybe been through some mistakes and learned some lessons. And I want to hear about the project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of the one that makes your heart sing, or maybe even the biggest design feather in your cap.
5: Yeah, I think the one that I'm most proud of is, is frankly, the stuff that we did at Chobani, uh-huh. uh, particularly when we relaunched the brand, um, you know, it was, an unlikely success it was uh, a scenario where we were building the team as we were doing the work Mm -hmm. we were learning about the company and what was appropriate for the company as we were doing the work we were rebranding the entire company and all of its products Mm -hmm. uh, which was an enormous scale how many reviews at that point i think there were like 200 gosh Um, but that was also inclusive of like redoing the website it was mm-hmm. inclusive of uh, changing all out all the logo assets across the company and business cards I mean so it was it was a total package and we had to do it in nine months
0: Wow so I am not um, I've never been through that kind of a process so is it safe to say that taking on that amount of work and that sort of project in a nine month window that's a challenge it's safe to say that right?
5: Yes. Normally this amount of work probably would have taken two and a half years.
0: Holy cow. So in that sort of rush prioritized process where you're going through things dramatically faster than in typical fashion, um, do you feel there was any, were there missteps or mistakes that you could share with us that were sort of learning moments in that process?
5: Um, I wouldn't say there were mess ups in the process. I would say there were some strategic choices that were made and how for instance like our line of flips were designed that were based off of good research and solid logic that just ended up being wrong once it hit the market and we learned that and we responded and we adjusted the design Mm -hmm. um but truthfully like and it's part of the reason why i'm so proud of the work and the team and the company and how everyone across the company worked together to birth this really wonderful uh, design moment is everybody worked so well together and we learned so much along the way. And there wasn't, there wasn't really any missteps along the way. I mean, sure. There were like design directions that we explored that we didn't like, and Mm -hmm. it chewed up precious time and stuff, but I wouldn't call that a mistake. I would just call that part of the process of finding the right, of finding the right design.
0: All right, everybody. That was episode 50 with Leland Mashmeyer from uh, Chabani, the CCO at Chabani. The next one I wanted to share is uh, just a little skip ahead to episode 58. This is a clip from my interview with Matt Dawson from CropCon, also known as Stay Gray Pony Boy and Studio Gray. And um, I really liked what he had to share here. I connected with Matt a bunch before we did this interview and a number of times since we've done this interview. I love what he's doing for the CropCon and the design community and really giving back by hosting this event and creating this event that truly um, gives back and is helpful to a number of different creatives um, and the creative community at whole. So let's get to this little clip from episode 58 with Matt Dawson.
6: Yeah, on to the next one.
0: So I want to now ask you about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. Now you had mentioned one earlier about the Cropcon logo and how that was, mm-hmm. you know, really, it's really fulfilling for you. Um, but is there another project that you've been part of that you're also really proud of?
6: Um, yeah, I am. And, and this one, uh, I'm working on some stuff for it this week. Uh, so it's, it's very fresh, but, um, I, for a long time, I had wanted to get into the craft beer world. Mm -hmm. Um, just because the, the design game for that has just exploded in the past few years. Definitely. Uh, to the point where I, I now buy my beer based on what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've wasted a lot of beer by doing so. So (laughs) I've gotta, I've gotta be, uh, it doesn't always taste as good as it looks. Um, but you know, uh, I I got to do a beer identity in the past year for this really great um boutique microbrewery up in Portland, Oregon.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And um I have I've told this story uh before to some people. Um it's kind of the initiative behind something that I that I put out late last year um called Make Shit Till You Make It.
3: Oh, okay. And
6: it, it's just a uh, You know, in your downtime, like constantly like exercise your design skills. And like, even if you're not making something for a client, if you're just making things and putting them out, like either you're getting better or somebody is seeing that and they become a fan or in my case, this brewery hired me, um, all because I had, I had drawn, I I don't know if you've seen on any of my social accounts, but I I like to draw cassettes.
0: I have. Yeah, I've seen uh, that a few times.
6: Another form of outdated media that some listeners might not know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I had drawn this cassette and put it up for like a year in Spotify playlist thing that I I used to do. Um, And a guy out on the West Coast, he, I don't know if he found the hashtag or what, but somehow he stumbled across it and that led him to my page and that led him to looking at other logos of mine and identity work that I'd done. And he reached out to me and wanted to know if I would be interested in, um, producing the identity for their new brewery that they were doing. And like that, that just came from such an unexpected place. Um, and they were really great to work with. Uh, they were another, they're another one of those clients where, you know, they just, they were super excited about like, even, even the concepts that didn't that didn't get approved you know um but like they were just excited about everything so the fact that it came from a really weird random place in the universe and coupled with that it was the type of project I'd been wanting to do for a long time and they're a great client to work with it was just um I don't know it was like a trifecta Um, that's awesome. So yeah, that's been super rewarding. Um, getting to do the identity. Um, we're doing the can designs. Um, they just leased a space for the actual brewery. So hopefully we'll be able to do, you know, some interior build outs and, and all that good stuff.
0: All right, that was a little clip from Matt Dawson in episode 58 of the Quickie Podcast. Next up, I wanted to share a little clip from episode number 68. This was my interview with Jordan Sondler. She was an illustrator out of Brooklyn, New York, and I loved what she had to say. It was a little bit based around uh, mental health as well and some of the things there that you know are important to us in this creative field, that mental health is really important. So let's get to this clip from Jordan Sondler in episode number 68. Wonderful. So tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of.
7: Oh. <laughs>
0: um,
7: does it have to be a client project?
0: No. be whatever you want. Whatever.
7: Um. Yeah. So actually, so... Back to the book. It's not about the book. The book is not the project I choose. But when I started working on the book, I started making really deeply personal work. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't show any of it, but it was all I wanted to be making. And I still get a lot of my work from being active on social media. So I started this series, ooh, I don't know, like back in April, I think, where I, I asked people through my stories because I... Typically, get a lot of engagement there on mm-hmm. Instagram stories. Um, you know, tell me about your fears and anxieties, and I will illustrate a few of those guys. And I started doing that, and it was very well received. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't—I have a modest following. I have enough of a following that I get consistent work, um, but I had a lot of interaction on those posts and a lot of people um, sending me messages and confiding in me about things or encouraging me. I was just, I literally took what people were sending to me. Um, like for instance, the, something off the top of my head would be like, um, I am homesick for a place that isn't home. I don't know, it would be something mm-hmm. like that. Or I'm afraid I'll never be a mother. Um, And I was illustrating those anonymous submissions, and people were finding so many universal truths in that. And that was so cool. I mean, it was like very encouraging. I just kept up with the series. I was only going to do it, I think May was Mental Health Awareness Month. So Mm -hmm. I was only going to do it for May, and I've, I've continued to work on them.
0: Jordan, I see a second book already.
7: Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll <laughs> that's see.
0: that's incredible. I can see how easily and powerful that would be.
7: It reminds me of Post Secret. Do you remember Post Secret?
0: Oh, the name sounds so familiar, but you I can't remember the details.
7: Canada? Was that popular? I
0: feel um, like it was.
7: was. Yeah, it was like people. <laughs> oh, damn! Now I don't even remember, <laughs> like. The, uh, the beginnings of Post Secret, but I feel like it evolved into a thing where you would take like a postcard or a photo and you would write something deeply personal and you would like mail it into Post Secret, or you would like leave it in a book and someone would take a photo of it and then send it to Post Secret. It was just like secrets on the internet, you know?
0: Crazy. Yeah,
7: yeah. it was great. Oh my God. It was like, my saving grace. I feel like one of the teenagers.
0: <laughs> you kind of realize like,
7: realized, so like so oh. bad. So bad. yeah,
0: everybody's yeah. hurting and everybody's crazy. Gosh, this makes me feel so at home now.
7: Right. For sure. I mean, it took me until my twenties to realize that, I think.
0: All right. That was a clip from Jordan Sondler in episode number 68. Now for this next clip, you don't have to skip ahead too far because it's just episode number 69. This was my interview with Lauren Griffin. She's a freelance graphic designer under Typo Griff. I'm sure you've heard of her. She's very talented. And I just dig what she had to say about this, you know, the project that she's the most proud of. So let's get to this one clip from episode number 69 with Lauren Griffin. Okay, I want to turn this bus around. Tell us about a project you've been a part of that you're the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing.
8: Um, I would have to say that would be the Eureka uh, poster show that the Hood sisters put on. Um, they put it like if you've heard of them, I'm sure. Uh, Amy and Jen Hood, they're awesome. They run this design studio, Hood Spa, okay. and they put together this curated history of California. Um, like, and they had designers create posters for different eras. Mm-hmm. And I chose the 40s slash 50s, cool. and which of course, <laughs> and the poster that I made was about the Salton Sea, and it has like this incredible history that it was a like destination spot, um, and then this like horrible thing happened where all of the water became extremely toxic and everything. If you Like if you ever go there, it's just littered with bones. The whole beach is made out of bones now. And it used to be this like destination spot to go like boating and swimming. And now it's just like desolate, but still extremely beautiful. Um, So the piece I made was a sort of like large postcard for the Salton Sea. And -hmm. then it glows in the dark and everything in the dark is dead. So you have like this jumping fish, but it's like just fish bones when it's like glow in the dark. So I was really proud of that one. Yeah.
0: That's cool. (laughs) And And,
8: and the show was so cool to like see all the people that they got together. Like you just so many designers that I admire. They made it incredible
0: work. That's great. And it was a printed postcard then they printed them out.
8: Mm -hmm. It was a poster. But yeah, it was like the idea was it was a like postcard, but in poster
0: format. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. cool. Super cool. All right, that was the clip from episode number 69 with Lauren Griffin. The other thing I loved about that is because it was print related. It's one of the first ones that I had, had that was print related and you know I dig that print. Next clip I want to share is from episode number 74 with Jason Craig. He's an independent designer and illustrator out of Augusta, Georgia. You might know him as Jason the 29th on Instagram. And this was just fun and super cool, and I wanted to revisit it with y'all. So here we go with a little clip from episode number 74 with Jason Craig, Jason the 29th. Now, tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
9: The most proud of? Um, geez, uh... Now you've you've just you've just made me go blank with all the with all the uh thinking about all the all the, the hiccups <laughs> I've see
0: all the horror stories first. <laughs> yeah,
9: what what fills my heart with joy? Um I think that the uh that one of the things well one of the things that I, I did uh, uh our town started a roller derby team and it was i worked at a, a alt weekly newspaper and a buddy of mine came in and somebody had written an article that said that they were trying to start this team mm-hmm. and that we should get our wives involved and that's kind of where it started they had a meeting and i could tell from the start that they needed a lot of help and at that point this was like real near a turning point i told you that that first part when i noticed design was a real like eye opener but From the time in my career where I actually started to care about design and decided I wanted to try to be good at it, it was sort of a slow process. It took Mm -hmm. a few years to get to that point, and during that time, this roller derby team needed my help, and so I realized that this was not a deal where they were going to be able to tell me what they need. Mm -hmm. And so I would go in, I'd be like, well, you guys need to do this, you need to do that, and then I would implement it I would do it I would do illustration I would do design I would do photography I would set up photo shoots and art direct and so what I was doing is I was learning how to do all these things and how to manage other people and how to solve problems after I'd identified them Mm -hmm. and that was really a part where I didn't even know that I was learning how to be an art director how to be a creative director how to do all these things and then the really cool part about it is that I was winning awards for the design I was doing for him. So I, I started to learn that, hey, these self-initiated projects are, are worth doing. Mm-hmm. and. I think that that is where I gained the skills to work at an agency because before that, you know, I was lining up stuff correctly. I was making sure that there was no orphans or widows in my paragraphs mm-hmm. and, and sending out everything on deadline. And That was what was a designer was like. And after that project, I, I saw it completely differently.
0: Oh, that's cool. So a complete perspective change then.
9: It really was. And it was just out of necessity. I didn't even know. I didn't say, okay, I'm going to seek out to do these things. Mm-hmm. It was just what needed done. And they were trusting me to do it.
0: That's cool. Again, that sort of self-awareness comes out where you start to, to connect the dots and notice things um, you know, that are challenging you, I guess, that are putting you into a spot where you are seeing things differently.
9: Right, and then being able to have success at the agency, uh, or even getting the job there, it really validated a lot of that because I did feel like I could do more, and that was a big opportunity for me to to do those things and all the the conference speaking and all the stuff that most people see is from its post that time.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, that was Jason the twenty ninth, or Jason Craig from episode number seventy four. He's one of the most crunk designers I know. Just thought I'd add that. The next clip I want to share is from episode number 84 with Jordan Kuhn, partner and designer at Brethren Design Co. And uh, I've really connected with Jordan a number of times since this. And uh, I think I should start sending him Canadian things, like just random maple syrup and smoked salmon showing up at his door. Actually, that's a great idea. I might just do that anyways this is a great clip episode number 84 with jordan coon let's hear what he's got to say all right i want to switch gears here and ask you about um a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of the one that just makes your heart sing tell us about mm-hmm.
10: that i would say the last project that uh we did and we're kind of still working on it's with this company called slice mm-hmm. beer and uh they're a brewing company that i mean they're starting out really small and They contacted us and they owned, um, three pizza places in the Sacramento area and wanted to start a brewing company. So they wanted to call it slice, just have a little bit of this pizza tie in for sure. Um, That's
0: That's clever. I like it.
10: It's been awesome. Like this was around the time my brother and I were also like, we need to have better relationships with our clients. And Russ, our main point of contact there has been super awesome to work with, um, you know, we did like a whole uh, session where we talked about the brand and all their aspirations for an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're like friends now. And it's just the whole project has gone amazing. And mm. like now we're working on we did this like cool pizza cutter tap handle like illustration. And it's becoming a, a neon sign right now that's getting made, which that's cool. my brother, Neither of us have ever had a neon sign made, so we're like super excited about that. And just seeing all this stuff start to come to life, like the Crowlers and all the other stuff that we've been working up, it's been so much fun.
0: So, are you able to sort of brand them and help them name products too?
10: Uh, that was one thing that we talked about in the discovery. And I always, I'm pretty into beer, and I always kind of had the feeling that brewers, you know, love naming the beers mm-hmm. because it's almost like, You know, the songwriter wants to name the song, and then Mm -hmm. us as, like, branding and designers, like, I would love to name beers, but that was kind of like a hands-off thing. They did let us, like, kind of write taglines for the brand, like, uh, I mean, their tap room is really small, so they're, like, they don't have a flagship of beers, they're just constantly rotating all these new beers, and they're focused on freshness and stuff, so we kind of came up with this culture of fresh Mm tagline that they really liked, and... So the opportunity to kind of we have like brand messaging that we've done, but not really naming of beers or anything like that.
0: Okay, am I the only one that hopes that they name one pepperoni pilsner? <laughs>
10: that would be amazing. Italian <laughs>
0: IPA, you know Sicilian Saison. <laughs> Come on, roll with me amazing. here. Roll with <laughs>
10: There's me. so many you could do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
3: god.
0: Even pepperoni porter. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect pepperoni porter. I kind, of, I kind of dig that. Throw that down in the next meeting. I'd buy a case of that. <laughs> um, that's a fun one. That's a really fun one. So I just wanted to quickly add here that I still have not seen that pepperoni porter on the shelves. Wondering what's going on there. They've come close, come close, but uh, I don't think the right uh, maybe the right beer mixture, the right uh, cocktail, the might mix mash. Is that the right term? One of those things hasn't come together, but pepperoni porter, all good. So I got my numbers a little mixed up here, and I wanted to just rewind a tad, way back to an interview that I did. Um, actually, was I think it was my first interview out of Australia that I did back in episode number forty-nine, and um, I really remember this because um, Candy has, you know, is very passionate about women designers and getting their names out there more and you know, women not being afraid to share their work and put it out there. So that like sort of thesis and that feeling and, and that passion of hers really just resonated through the entire interview, um, including this part that she's the most proud of. So I really wanted to bring that back and share that with you here. Okay. So I want to switch gears now and I want to get into something happy here. So tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that makes your heart sing.
11: I don't know. Um, you know what? I To think about projects through the years, I probably the projects, just t-shirt graphics made me happy. And it wasn't a full project, but just sort of um, the trend team at Cotton On would sort of brief you in on certain trends mm-hmm. and then would make them, you know, a whole lot of T-shirts to go with that. And I, I found that the most creatively stimulating, especially because we had a the trend director, she, she knew that I was really saturated in pop culture. So she would refer to things like movies and TV shows and mm-hmm. things she knew that I would know about. And she'd be like, you know, think about, um, you know, this person and, and this time and I'm like, oh, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. So I found that really enjoyable but um, I've kind of got a side project at the moment. I want to try and start a foundation just about highlighting great female designers in history because i just sort of got this little bee in my bonnet that they're always a footnote and this is what I've sort of found now that I'm, I've am i had time to sort of just chill at home and, you know, I'm not sort of sitting in traffic for most of my day, which is horrible. Um so that I think that's going to be something that hopefully I'll be the most proud of because I feel like they need to sort of, you know, get out of the footnotes of history and out in front and sort of go, you know what, I don't know if Nike would be that great without that swoosh. Mm-hmm. So instead of sort of, you know, and I love Steve Jobs, but instead of seeing the guy that's on stage going, you know, we made millions of profits and we did this you know, let's just shine the light on the little girl behind the computer screen going, Oh, Hey, I made that, (laughs) you know? And I feel like when people see that swoosh, they should think Carolyn Davidson.
0: All right. That was candy from episode 49. I know I jumped around with the numbers a little bit. I told you, Um, but you got to go check out her work on Instagram. It is freaking fantastic. And she's just like the nicest person ever. So definitely reach out and say hello um, and that you dig her work. So next one that I wanted to share is, you know, I feel like there's a consistent theme that designers love beer. So this next interview was with Amy England. Now, she is a senior designer at Elysian Brewing out of Seattle. And in this clip, we are talking about a beer label that she just finished designing for Elysian that involved snails. Okay, I want to turn this bus around now and tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing.
12: Yeah, so I think my favorite project um, is a beer called Snail Bones um, that myself and my co Tanya worked on. And for me, it just it makes my heart sing because it was a hundred percent collaborative effort, um, uh-huh. Tanya and I—we named the beer together. We—I um, painted this like crazy, colorful snail, and then she went in and illustrated these like super crazy bones on the snail. And then it has this really great foil treatment on the bones, and and she laid out my coach, Tanya, She laid out the whole label and did all the type and. It was just, it was awesome. We worked together every day, all day on this project. And it was probably one of my first projects that I could really, I really understood how to be super collaborative Mm -hmm. and how that could work and how you can like come up with some really great stuff when you work together. And that really opened the door for how our team works now. And oh, it just makes me so happy um, to see that because you're, you're so much better when you work with other designers and mm. it's just awesome.
0: Okay. I'm looking at the snail bones label right now. And it's freaking <laughs> awesome.
12: Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> That's
0: such a great one.
12: Yeah. And the beer is great too. So if you see it out there, it's in cans now too. Have a sip.
0: <laughs> see that now if it tastes like, or no, if it makes me think about snails when I drink it, <laughs> yeah. You know you've landed, Amy. You've done a yeah. 16, you've done a good one.
12: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I want to add. I have not found the beer. I have not tasted the beer, so I have no idea if it makes me think of snails. So that's to be uh, to be tested, I guess you could say. So the next clip that I wanted to share with you. Kicks back to episode 99 with Rebecca Cohen, who is the creative director, designer, and principal at Co-Projects Design out in Portland, Oregon. I loved this one because it came from the heart for her, something that she was passionate about and was really important to her. She had the opportunity to support with her skills and with her talents, and she did. So let's find out what that was. Ladies and gentlemen, a clip from Rebecca Cohen, episode 99. I'm going to turn this around, and I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of, that you're the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
13: Okay, so this kind of gets back to, um, you know, my activism and um, my volunteering. Um, And it's a very small piece that I did about a year ago for Um, the gun violence prevention organization that I'm a part of moms demand action for gun sense. Mm Um, their fifth anniversary was last year and for their fifth anniversary, they launched a capsule collection of commemorative t-shirts, um, with a group of fashion designers. Um, so people like Cynthia Rowley and Christian Siriano, they each designed a shirt. Um, there were a few other designers whose names are escaping me at the moment. And then they wanted to have one designed by, you know, um, long-time volunteer with the organization, and they reached out to me to do it. And um, it was really I, it was really an honor for me to kind of be asked to do that and, and again, like I said earlier, um, lend my skills to a cause that is really important to me and really close to my heart. So um, I designed a T-shirt for the fifth anniversary, and it was a bestseller. And, um, you know, I have friends all around the country that are part of this organization, and they were all really – happy to to buy it i'm really proud to be photographed wearing it and you know every time i see somebody wearing it in arkansas or iowa or alaska or you name it it just Uh makes me so happy to see my work
0: um, going to this cause that's really near and dear to my heart that's so great and what was the organization called again
13: mom's demand action for gun sense in america Mom's
0: man, Action for Gun Sense America. Yeah, Yeah, that's powerful. Seeing that, you know, how far it spreads and where, you know, where people are sharing your message and how all over North America. That's incredible.
13: Yeah, yeah. It's really gratifying. And it also kind of strangely felt like a weaving together of all these threads in my life. You know, I had sort of started out being interested in fashion and I worked in the fashion industry and you know, had this interest in activist art and it kind of felt like a culmination of a lot of things all coming together. So that was cool.
0: Totally would feel that way for sure. Being in the apparel and things like that. Yeah. Nice. All right. That was a clip from episode 99 with Rebecca Cohen. The next clip that I wanted to share is we're into the triple digits now. Episode 105 with Tara Victoria. She's a freelance graphic designer and one woman show out of Calgary, Alberta. She's a huge fan of the surf scene in uh, Calgary, Alberta. So uh, let's get to the clip from her episode where she is sharing the projects that she is the most proud of. Um, all right. I want to turn this around and I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just you know makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap.
5: Um,
14: I have two. Okay. Um, so, uh, I would say one of them is I designed an entire app by myself. Sweet. Um, I had someone else, like the person I was working with at the time did, you know, the wireframes and some of the user journey. Um, And then I actually did like the entire design myself, the branding, all that stuff. And that was very like, scary, because it was stepping into newish territory. Now I've done a few. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And But at the time it was really cool and the clients were amazing and I just vibe with her so well and she didn't even like the the two women that started the app didn't even have any like barely any changes for me. Awesome. Pretty cool. So I would say that's something that I'm like super proud of in my career. And then I recently got to um, design some apparel for a company called Lady Crew Okay. And 100% of their sales of the sh- shirts that they print go towards ending um, and raising awareness and helping survivors of human trafficking. And so cool. Yeah, so I got to do three t-shirts for them and just the whole process of being part of that and watching you know, people, people resonate with the stories that they're sharing and, and what they're trying to do. And so that was for sure something I'm super stoked about. That's
0: awesome. Those are both great. Thank you so much for sharing those ones. All right. That was a clip from episode 105 with Tara Victoria. The next one that I thought I would share is episode 110. My interview with Kendrick Kidd, designer and illustrator out of Jacksonville, Florida. During this episode, not only did we joke about uh, his name, not really joke about it, but give him some big props for it because uh, he even says, he thinks his parents did him a solid with that one. <laughs> Tons of fun in this interview with Kendrick Kidd, but let's get to the part of the interview here where he talks about the project that he is the most proud to have been a part of. Um, All right, I'm going to turn it around here for you, you, uh, Kendrick. Tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap.
15: Um, I don't know if it's the biggest design photo in my cap, but I'll, I've got one in mind um, that I'm very proud of, just because I, I, it was a collaborative project uh, with somebody that I really, really respect, uh-huh. um, and it was just, it was just a ton of fun. So, I guess about maybe six years ago, uh, I got an email from one of my favorite designers uh, slash illustrators. His name's Timba Smiths. Uh-huh. And he had this project that he was working on for, um, Microsoft and Nokia. Okay. So the two companies were going through a merger and they Mm -hmm. wanted to create kind of like a keepsake, um, like a limited edition keepsake to hand out to some of the people, um, at the two companies that explain the, um, kind of the background, uh, the background and history of both companies and why the merger was was going to be so positive, and that that manifested in basically this keepsake book, this really high end keepsake book. Uh, it was a hardcover. Um, it had like like a burnished emboss, uh, gold foil, um, all of these different like monoline illustrations both for the cover and for the chapter breaks Mm -hmm. as as well as some, uh, spot graphics inside. And then in the back of the book, there was a series of illustrations done by a bunch of different illustrators, uh, from around the world. Um, and it was just, it was gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Not, not necessarily like my part, but all the work that I think went into it. It was just, it was a really fun thing to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, and then having the opportunity to work with somebody like Timba, I was just over the moon about. Um, he's a super duper nice guy. He's fucking crazy talented. Um, and, the, and just the process, uh, you know, going back and forth with him on everything was just, it was just a pleasure.
0: That's awesome. Where is he located?
15: He is in London.
0: Got it. And yep. he had seen your work somehow and reached out to you or how did that connection happen?
15: Uh, that's, that's another funny story. Um, he he had put on a art show uh-huh. uh, that he had, uh, invited a bunch of different um, designers and illustrators. I think it was called Not for Rent, and basically he did uh, like a jacket cover for uh, VHS tape, um, and then in that jacket cover, or you know, he basically had a setup. I think at the show. Where all of them sat on, you know, a VHS rack. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't actually get to go to it, but I got the email. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was from Timba directly or from the guy that he was working with. But we had, we had gone back and forth about the show, and I created a piece for it because, because it's Timba, and I, it was a cool idea. Uh-huh. So, um, anyway, maybe about six months after that. Uh, is when I got the email about the the Microsoft project. But that's that's kind of how the connection got made.
0: Very cool. Now, something else about that, that was episode uh, 110 with Kendrick Kidd. Something else about that episode that I distinctly remember is that was the moment where I just kind of clicked for me how many of my guests previously had got into design through skate and skateboard designs and skate culture. Um, it was just a really cool moment, like a an epiphany, if you will, where it just kind of clicked for me that, um, you know, that had been coming up and that had, you know, resonated with a lot of designers and, um, you know, a lot of guests that I had on the show. Next clip I want to share with you was uh, episode one hundred and twenty-three, episode one two three, with Hank Washington. He's a designer and illustrator out of Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I had a lot of fun with this interview, as I do with most of them. But uh, let's hear what Hank had to say about the project he was most proud to have been a part of and why. I want you to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
16: Most proud of. Yep. So um, so a few years ago, um, probably roughly two years ago, uh, a, me and a buddy of mine, we, were, we had a kind of this conversation. We were just kind of talking and we've done a lot of business together in the past so you know we worked on projects that obviously didn't work and you know um you learn, we learned a lot together but mm-hmm. we really wanted to make a project that was specifically for men and specifically uh black men so as we were scratching kind of like our nappy beards at the time i had a little <laughs> peach fuzz the <laughs> young guy we said yo let's let's make a, a beer product you know let's let's make something that we can sell to men that's for men Bye, man. Um, and, and let's do it from the ground up, like everything developing the name, the packaging, the logo, the whole nine yards. Um, so we ended up coming up with this beard company and called True Beard. Uh, and it's still up and running. We have we have uh, some really good guys that's running it right now, but uh this was one of those projects that was purely passion, and uh and this one of the projects that we got zero dollars from, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally no money up front it was all off the you know the hustle invested time um but it was one of those projects i was super happy with that uh i end up seeing uh a lot of you know a good response from it so i was able to come up help come up with the name ultimately come up with the the logo the branding the packaging for it and to be able to see that from the ground up and come to life and to be able to actually hold the product and use the product and ultimately see other people, you know, be, um, have a good response to the product. Um, it was, it was super, it was super, uh, fulfilling, I guess you can say, I, I really felt fulfilled seeing that come to life. And, um, again, it was just one of those projects that, you know, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily about the money or about like the cash value of it was more, okay. if, it was good to know that okay, if there's an idea that, you know, two or three of us can agree upon, or even just one person can agree upon, you we have the ability to bring this to life. And that was kind of proof of that, you know?
0: So this is a project that you and your friend founded and mm-hmm. really just created from the ground up from name to everything. And is now mm-hmm. available as an e-commerce product?
16: Yes, it's still available. Um, I believe the website is still up. It's truebeard.co. Um, it's a group of guys that are still running it in there and they're an amazing team. They're still doing great things. Um, but they're still coming. We're still, I'm having just a little bit of building, uh, now and then not as much as I was before, but, uh, being it's still one of those projects that, yeah, I'm just, I'm super proud of it, of where it's at least seeing like where it started and then kind of where it is now. And I, I love to show it up anytime, anytime that I get a chance.
0: That's great, so the one that you founded, and basically it was a no pay job. It was just something that you enjoyed creating For sure. you just got found yeah. joy in you know it's so common that I hear that you know the project that the de- a designer is the most proud of wasn't the greatest paying job was not sure. you know the job that got them the biggest notoriety. It sure. was really the one that fulfilled them. where they just felt fulfilled, pay or no pay? Exactly.
16: Exactly. That is exactly. really interesting. Awesome. And then, and like Aaron Japlin said his best, like you know, I don't know if you're familiar with his talks, like he always talks about the, with uh, the Cobra Dogs, like that story. I feel like that project for me was just really tied together with that story. Just like helping a friend, but doing something that didn't necessarily mean like a cash value or cash return, but just seeing a product that. Is useful from the ground up come to life is amazing. It's unmatched.
0: Very cool. Well said, Hank. So that was a clip from episode 123 with Hank Washington. And that was special to him because he got to use so many of his skills, just a wide variety of his skills. And it was a challenge to him. But he rose to the challenge and created something awesome. Super cool. So the next clip I want to share with you skips ahead a bit to episode 127 with Raoul Bogle. He is the designer at Nothing. I love this. This made me laugh really hard, I remember at the time. His business name is Nothing, and he is the designer there, designer at Nothing. He's a Canadian boy out of Toronto, Ontario. Now, during this episode, number 127, he also shared an incredible story about a printed project, a print poster, that he had created for Canada Day and the huge attention that it got some positive, like mostly positive, but of course some negative. You can never get all positive, I guess. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that. But before you do, here is his little talk about the project that he had been a part of that he is the most proud of. Okay, I'll turn this around for you. I promise you I would, so I'll turn it around. <laughs> um I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap.
17: Yeah, there is um, one I did last year uh, for a local business. they a swim school mm-hmm. called Making Waves. And that has probably been the biggest project uh, in my entire life because I did everything from strategy to uh, revitalizing their brand identity, uh, to do wayfinding and working with an interior designer, and actually um, having things come to life in an interior space. Wow. You know how, like, as designers, when you when you build this brand identity project, a lot of times you're mocking up these applications, and a lot of times most of them don't see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's just just the reality of things. This was one project that like ninety percent of the things that we talked about came to life. So and now cool. we have this physical swim school, this physical space that is like a completely, this is their fourth location. And now what's happened with it, you know, is magical because you have you have people that actually are going to the swim school from their other facilities saying, hey, when are we going to get this design implementation into our new facility?" Right, And it's just like, that's exciting because now you have people, your own customers talking and they're excited about this. So that's probably been the biggest success uh, that I've ever
0: gone through. That's great. And I can see why, you know, having to, being able to touch all points of that.
17: Yeah. And I got to take everything I've learned like over the last 10, 15 years, uh, you know, the wayfinding was really exciting because I've never really done wayfinding to this degree so you know this is where michael barrett was a huge inspiration being able to really learn from his nyc uh project and Mm -hmm. just really understanding so it took a lot of i think um it challenged my like skills a lot that's
0: that's a good thing all right that was raul bogle from episode 127 now, next up is episode 132. This was my interview with Austin Dunbar, who is the janitor, HR, and waterboy at Durham Branding Co. out of Covington, Kentucky. This was a great interview for many reasons, but uh, I just felt that the, the witty banter was on point. So let's dive in. Let's hear what Austin Dunbar from episode 132 had to say about projects that he's been a part of that he's the most proud of. So... I'm going to turn it around now. Tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of—the one that just makes Ooh. your heart sing.
1: Um, I most recently it was a, um, it was a project for a client that has been around the studio. We're coming up on four years, so it's been a four-year. It's been a four-year client. Mm-hmm. um and they're great and they're they're awesome and categorically visually it is not what Durham's necessarily known for it's uh for a medical device client it's hyper clean um the the tone of voice isn't necessarily as punchy and attitudinal as a lot of der- other Durham work is mm-hmm. um but it is um the future literally it's a device that's coming out in the future and, and this is going to save lives um and that kind of stuff. Has a lot of weight to it, you know. It's not cool. It doesn't have to be cool graphic design. It has to be um, really well thought out, um, human based um, design application that people can actually work through and know how to use um, when the time comes. You know, I, that's that's where uh, I'm really proud of that work. There's another client that we have that is a um, they're a national uh, organ, tissue, and eye donation uh-huh. client. And that, you know, that doesn't go anywhere on the Internet because um, it actually literally is uh, life and death. Like some people have passed yeah. away and donated donated, you know, kidneys or livers or corneas, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of stuff that really that I really appreciate. Um, and I appreciate those partnerships uh, because the studio isn't board facing in that um, in some of those kinds of categories. And they appreciate the cool kind of their words kick ass Punk rock, beer cans, spirits, things like that, um, mm. and they know that they 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 know that we have that kind of side. But some of the some of the cleaner stuff, um, and it maybe goes back to some of the Japanese stuff we talked about. I'm getting a little more into because um, it's harder to hide behind.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: Then then some of the some of the texture gritty. It's like noise rock is just a wall of sound versus a dude playing acoustic guitar. So.
0: Hundred percent. Really yeah. nice analogy. That totally makes sense. All right, that was a clip from Austin Dunbar out of episode 132 from Durham Branding Co. I love how he like had that answer just locked in the chamber. As soon as I asked the question, boom, he is ready to go. Ready to go with the answer. The next one I'm going to share is episode 147. My guest was Lindsay Stripling. She is an illustrator and artist out of Portland, Oregon or nearby there. And I really remember this one because the excitement of this moment and this uh, this project, this event for her, I could feel it. Like I could feel her excitement of this. And it was just such a cool experience for her. And uh, I'm so glad she could share it with us. So let's find out what the hell that was. Very cool. Okay, Lindsay, I'm going to turn this bus around for you. Um, <laughs> I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing.
18: Um, well, two different things came to mind when I was thinking about that. Number one is Lisa Congdon bought five of my paintings like maybe four years ago. And they're in her dining room and I haven't had a chance yet to see them, but, um, I've, been a fan of lisa for a long time and when she purchased those from me it was probably the exact maybe it was four years ago i can't remember i think it was four years ago and i was just blown away and so stoked and honored and it was like exactly what i needed at the time because i was feeling like a little bit lost i had just finished a show Um, which when people – I think most artists can relate after you finish a show or a large project probably for designers. It feels like a huge labor of love, and then you kind of get lost for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so it was a huge boost for me and made me feel like, you know, Lisa Congdon's taking me seriously, so, like, I'm going to take myself seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another one is my friend um, uh, Dahlia owns a production company here in the city and she did a project with Nike in the beginning of the summer and needed an illustrator to have their illustrations animated to go over the video and Mm -hmm. they hired me for that and that was really cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So I just want to sort of back up to the um, you know Lisa buying some of your paintings there. How did you find out like did you just sort of get the the cart sale and look at the name and be like holy shit this is
18: I think, if I remember correctly, I want to say that she sent me an email because she wanted to talk about um, shipping and or if she could buy all five. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was doing these long series of like five to ten paintings that were all connected. Um, I was reading a lot of Murakami, thinking about time continuums. So it was like a lot of uh, these giant connected paintings. And she wanted um, the five that were connected. And Mm -hmm. so she had sent me an email um, and I was pretty starstruck. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Super cool. That's where you go back. Yeah. Um, you just have to hop on a call with me, and we <laughs> can yeah. discuss that.
18: I, I just need you to sign a few things and since, since then we've <laughs> become friends, so that's cool.
0: That's really cool. What an awesome thing. You know, somebody who you have admired for a number of years, all of a sudden showing up in your inbox wanting to buy some of your work, Pretty freaking awesome! Have you ever had an experience like that? If you have, hit me up in the DMs. I'd love to hear about it. The at the Quickie Podcast on Instagram. The next one that I want to share comes from episode 153. This was my interview with George F. Baker III. GFB Three. He's an illustrator, muralist, and conversation creator out of Atlanta, Georgia. This was just a super fun interview. You know what? That's that's what I'm going to say about it. you got to go listen to this. Episode 153 with GFB3. But first, let's give you a little preview with the project that he is so proud to have been a part of. Alright, George, I'm going to turn this bus around for you. Um, oh, I want you now to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing.
19: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, recently... Uh, recently, matter of fact, at the start of the year, Mm -hmm. very start of the year, this kind of ties back in with me doing like the emotional work, um, because I took that time because I took that time to, to, you know, work on myself that, uh, I randomly got a project sent into my inbox that, uh, definitely wasn't expecting, definitely wasn't like pushing to get, Mm -hmm. um. But I, I got, basically got contacted by the NFL um, to do a live mural for, uh, what, the day before the Super Bowl in the middle of Atlanta. What? Um, yeah. Mind you, uh, up until this point, I had only done probably like two murals.
0: Two murals. <laughs> Holy. Like
19: Yeah, exactly. Um, which was like, one, I was like, this is a scam. And then I saw, like, the official, like, seal at the bottom of the, uh, the email. And you went, I said, oh, boy. I said, oh, word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, it was, for one, I have, like I said, i only done two mural projects up until that point. Yep. I've never live painted a mural mm-hmm. up until that point. I had never even used spray paint, and they required that we use spray paint. Um. And so I was like, okay, well, uh, we're gonna have to figure this out. And um, yeah, man, it was having that happen, having that happen in the middle of in the middle of Atlanta, combining like all the different things that I love, which is you know football, <laughs> Atlanta, yeah. and painting, and being able to, to to do that on such like a large scale in front of what. I think they said there were around like twenty-five thousand people in the middle of uh, of Centennial Park. Wow. Yeah, that was that was such a beautiful moment, and then even bringing my parents in because I can tell you, as with most creative careers, like they were like when I told them I wanted to be a muralist, they said, "Uh, <laughs> that doesn't. Are you sure? You're like, sure? So you're, you're just sure? gonna you gonna <laughs> paint on walls and somebody's gonna pay you? Yeah." Uh, uh, I don't know, but like, I, I I remember it very distinctly. Like, bringing them through the crowd and showing them the work that I had just done, and mm-hmm. and and like them seeing like the interaction of my work with some of the people, taking pictures in front of it, the kids interacting with it, and I I just felt like a, a sigh of relief from them of like, okay, I get it, this makes sense, I. I didn't see how you were going to make money off of this but it makes sense but here you and are with all
0: these people around doing right. work you know alongside of such a big event exactly that's uh, cool
19: it was it was a blessed it was a crystallizing moment for me to just kind of continue just following my intuition on the work that i actually need to do yeah you know So yeah.
0: so cool what an amazing opportunity All right, that was a little clip from episode 153 with George F. Baker III, GFB3. You know, have you ever had one of those like crystallizing moments where you've been working so hard for something, been putting the effort in, the the mental work, you know, working on it, working on it, and it just comes together or something just shows up on your doorstep or in your inbox that just shows you the work is worth it? keep going, you're doing the right thing. Man, what an incredible moment for George. Um, if you've had that kind of moment, share that with me. I'd love to hear what that moment was for you. Um, hit me up on Instagram, probably the best way. Hit me up in the DMs at the Quickie Podcast. Next clip I want to share isn't too far off of that uh, 153 that we just heard, but it's episode one hundred and fifty-four with Andrew Hawk freelance designer and America's MC. This was a fun episode, not only because Andrew is a just a creative genius and a super clever guy, just fun to be around. Um, but I really played around with the mixing in the episode, and as part of his America's MC campaign, got a little um, you know some music in there to support that campaign. And, uh, just a fun episode. And Andrew just brings it with like the stories and the encouragement and, and the mindset talk. Awesome. Super good. So let's get to this clip from Andrew Hawk rattle episode 154. All right. I'm going to turn this bus
20: around, Andrew. I All want right. you
0: now to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing.
20: Okay. Um, I got to work with some really close friends, amazing designers, uh, Jen and Amy Hood from Hoodspot Design. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're absolutely incredible, just like human beings. They're super nice, super amazing. And so we had kind of been dodging each other for a little while. We're both in Southern California. I would like to see them at events or at some art show that they had. Um, and we finally got to work on a project together last year. And it was a project for Red Bull, okay. which was like absolute dream for me. Uh, they are a a huge company, obviously a big name, but a fun company that I'm like, dude, I want to like work with Red Bull. That's totally amazing. And they called me up and it was one of the first times that I got the call in the brief and it literally was like, do like your thing. And to me, that was (laughs) so exciting and affirming to be like, I have a thing. Like people like (laughs) see a thing and they want me to do that thing. And so, uh, it was a project that we made a little mini magazine for Lindsey Vaughn. And it got published in the Red Bull magazine. uh, And they literally, like, do your thing. And so I got to do huge type. It was black and white and torn and halftones and this kind of like uh, David Carson revival grunge newspaper feel that I love to work with. Um, And they worked with me through the process, helped maintain my creative vision, balanced with what the client needed. Um, And that was something I literally, I was up in uh, San Jose doing some work with Adobe, and I walked into a Barnes and Noble. And I grabbed the magazine and opened it and like there was my work in like a random Barnes & Noble. And I like sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing that like I was so excited. I was like halfway crying in this Barnes & Noble because I'm just like I walked into a random building that has a magazine that Mm -hmm. like my work is in like worldwide It's just there. Wow. Uh, And so, yeah, the hoods gave me that amazing opportunity and that is something that I will forever be thankful for. Yeah.
0: I've, I've had them both on the show before and I feel like they mentioned that same project as something that was special to them.
20: Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a good collaboration between a bunch of designers. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool just to see like the power of design community coming together and like thriving in creativity.
0: Amazing. So name, you know, that the fact that it's Red Bull aside, The fact that they came to you and said, do whatever you want, do your thing. Set that aside. Yep. Going from seeing your work on screen to your work in print at a place where everybody can go and buy it. What does that feel like?
20: Oh, it's incredible. Like I, anytime that I can actually hold and interact with something that I've made, like it, to me, that's the ultimate top. Cause I'm like, I can put it online. I can throw it into pixels and like Willy Wonka, like it can be floating in a million tiny pieces above our heads and that's fine. And like, it looks cool, but being able to experience it and bring it into someone's home. Uh, I did a poster project called when you think of home mm-hmm. and got to do a poster for that. And I walked into my friend's house and it's like framed in their house. And they're like, yeah, we like saw you post about it and we thought it was really cool. And we like, you know, love the story behind it. And so we wanted to put it up in our house and I'm like, man, there's something that like, isn't digital, that it's like you can be a part of people's lives that I've done wedding programs for friends. That is that print element that Mm -hmm. 10 years later I walk in and it's sitting on their mantle. And I'm like, I got to be a part of your life, not just in a post that you saw or something you looked at on a website, Mm -hmm. but something that literally sits on your mantle that has been printed. That's physical that like we get to interact every day without you like realizing it.
0: You know, and what I love about that so much as well is when you get into that printed tangible form, that lasts a lot longer than the digital world. Oh, yeah. In the digital world, things are moving so fast. Things are being updated so fast. But like you said, you know, with a wedding invitation, with a poster design, that sits up on somebody's wall or their shelf for 10 years or more.
20: Yep. Yeah. And that's a thing that I feel people will say, you know, oh, man, if you put it online, it's going to be online forever. Like there's all these archives and it's in the cloud or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but that's like throwing it like in the attic on like a dusty shelf with all of your other stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to having something that's print that's like, I'm going to clear off an entire shelf for just this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Yeah, that's so important.
0: That was a clip from episode 154 with Andrew Hawk Rattle, America's MC. You know what else I love about that? It's print. It's a print project. Now, this next clip I'm going to share also involves print because uh, the guest is Tracy Ching from episode 178. She is a freelance illustrator that does a lot of really brilliant poster designs. She's worked with Marvel, Michelle Obama, and so many more. That episode is dynamite, episode 178, um, because not only does she share some of the incredible people that she's had the opportunity to work with, but she shares some of the struggles with you know, having to balance little kids and and an awesome freelance career as an illustrator. How do you balance all that stuff? She shares a lot of honest uh, stories with that. And it really comes down to you just don't sleep. But she, she, she explains it a lot better than I can. Um, I loved what Tracy shared here in the uh, with the question that I asked her about the project that she's the most proud of. So let's hear it from her. This is Tracy Chang from Episode 178. All right, I want to I want to turn this bus around here for us, Tracy. Um, tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing.
21: Yeah. So I think the one particularly for this year because I've I've had the the privilege to have had a lot of amazing properties to tackle as well as a lot of initiatives I've been able to be a part of and I think the one that really especially for this year totally stood out was my work for Captain Marvel.
3: Okay.
21: So I did an official poster for Disney in advance of the release of Captain Marvel which is the first female led MCU film. Awesome. So again, female illustrator, male dominated, not only industry, but as well as like the fan base, the people that support us are generally male
3: mm-hmm.
21: in a film series and comic like genre between comics is also male dominated. We have this like this like pyramid down of just like lady badassery. <laughs> <And> so like, <laughs> I was really excited to be able to be a part of that mm-hmm. just for myself. But after it went live, I didn't realize the, the impact it would make elsewhere that like, and I should have put this together again. I'm not very bright, I guess, in the moment. Like <laughs> I started getting messages from like girls and women and, and particularly this one stands out. This mom sent me a message saying she loved my poster. They printed it out and put it up on her daughter's wall because she brings a Marvel Comics lunchbox to school, and mm-hmm. she got made fun of at school because comics are for boys. Yeah. And so her mother, knowing this, showed this girl a poster made by a female artist starring a female heroine. And there was nothing about that that wasn't for anyone, mm-hmm. right? Not for anyone, but it, it gave this moment for... for little girls, an opportunity to see something that's not always represented. And so that, like, really meant a lot as somebody who currently still lives in a male-dominated world, but also grew up loving things that were typically, like, for boys. Mm-hmm. And so that was so meaningful, having a daughter, feeling it personally, but then, yeah, thinking about what it might have meant to younger kids, like, and having the most widespread Effect possible because it got a lot of traction. It was seen by a lot of people,
3: mm-hmm.
21: and so I've worked on really meaningful projects. But I think that possibly had the widest audience and possibly the greatest effect on on girls and women out there, mm-hmm.
0: which
21: is huge for me. So. so,
0: so how do you how do you describe the emotions that you feel when something like that hits your inbox? You know, a mom who. You know, shows her little girl to as a rebuttal to something somebody at school said. That yeah, nah, it's not just for boys.
21: It's it's this like triumphant feeling of validation because and like this is one of those like not quite smack talking moments. But mm-hmm. the first year I got started after the Kickstarter, I had turned out three or four posters. There were some poster trolls that came for me hard, and literally tried to ruin my career. They wrote to galleries and other artists and like collectives saying that they shouldn't associate with me because I was a fraud and a hack and a thief. And like, I just didn't belong. And uh, again, Tim, who was like, I called him from work during my lunch break. And I'm like, why is this happening? I I don't understand. I was like, Mm -hmm. other people do what I do. Like, they're just as referential. Like, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. I was like, why? And he's like, it's because you're a girl. And I'm like, I was like, I don't not believe you because there are guys that were doing the exact same thing I was doing Uh and never, people came for me for like four years straight. I had dedicated trolls. I had other artists try to ruin jobs for me, like well-known
0: artists Uh
21: try to torpedo jobs with the same client that I had. Crazy. Yeah. And so. Having gotten that really rocky start and just ignoring it and choking the trolls with my success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you didn't send them Christmas cards or anything?
21: Oh, I would have loved. I would've loved to <laughs> just send them prints. Yeah. But like what I like is like, yeah, you have to decide now. Do you want me in your house? Do you just do you not want to buy that new steel box? Do you not want to buy that poster? Do you not want to go to that theater? Like it's it's a decision they have to make now. Mm-hmm. But like that's the petty part, right? Yeah. But the the really validating part is that like I didn't decide to let them win, right? Like, I didn't bow out. I stuck with. And it matters to other people that aren't just me. Mm-hmm. So there was just, like, this super righteous feeling of validation. Because, like, what I do is frivolous. It's pop culture. like, And so in a very, very upfront way, it's, it can be very shallow. Mm-hmm. But this was not shallow. And it meant something to people who weren't just
0: me. So cool. What a powerful project. What a powerful moment. And did you expect that sort of reaction or think that some of that reaction would happen based on, you know, female artist, female led cast, like that sort of thing? Did you expect some of that or surprise To be
21: honest, I expected a lot of the opposite because like from the moment Captain Marvel was like announced, there was all this like extreme hatred. Mm-hmm. And so I expected a lot of trolling. But at this point in my career, I'm very accustomed to trolling. Mm-hmm. I actually giggle a little bit. Like, it's <laughs> funny. Like, I don't I don't mind it. Again, I, they haven't come for me the way they have, like, people like Marie Tran, right? But, like, it's, it's a weird, like, thing that, again, I just don't catch on early enough where I'm like, I know what this means to me. And mm-hmm. that's the expectation I have. I can't judge how someone else is going to take it. But that, that really had a lot more groundswell than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, there was this like really meaningful bonus that it, it reached other people and was significant for them. This, and so that's the one for this year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've had other ones that are just crazy. But like to remove the political conversation from it, that yeah. one's probably the most relatable. That's,
0: a, that's an awesome, powerful recent one. All right, that was a clip from Tracy Ching in episode 178. Now, I don't know if you picked it up, but I totally did. And it wasn't the paycheck that she got for that kind of name project that was important to her. It was how empowering it was to women of all ages, Um, you know, despite getting some flack for that, for the quote-unquote comic book purists, um... You know, but it was powerful, and it it made an impact on women's lives, little girls' lives, and it was important and influential to them. So that is super cool. The next one that I wanted to share was episode one hundred and eighty-six. This was an interview I did with Mina Khalili. She is a professor, a designer at Curiosity HQ. And this was fun. Mina has an amazing personality and she brings it for this episode and the enthusiasm that she shares from a little bit of a different angle uh, than some of the other guests uh, for the project and thing, I guess I should say, that she's the most proud of. So let's find out what that is. Okay, Mina, I'm going to turn this bus around for you. I want you to tell me about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
22: So I've had, like I said, the opportunity to um, work for big companies, HBO, yeah. uh, you know, being one of them. Um, but I think that any of the work that has to do with either public service or education, those are the those okay. are the two channels that have provided me the most just giddy happiness. Yep. So as an example, um, in terms of um, uh, sort of uh, uh, like the nonprofit work, that would be um, being a contributor to the type hike project. um, That was a great experience for me and um, also uh, being asked to or uh, working and contributing to the. uh, to that project and, and extensions of that project as mm-hmm. they've come, the, the arch um, uh, poster series is also part of that. So the, the work that I've done for Type Hike has been um, ex- extremely worthwhile, just has been so fun. And seeing all of that work together when it comes together, all of the designers and um, those heavy hitters, <clears throat> like Aaron Draplin and David Carson, Jessica Hish and, and so many more, like uh, bringing all of those folks together and bringing all of the posters together just is uh, such a satisfying experience. But then moving to education, I, um, as an educator, you know, being asked a question like, what's the the project that you're most proud of is a a difficult one when you are a practicing designer and an educator, because really the projects that we're most, well, that I'm most proud of have everything to do with my students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hands down, those guys are champs. Like I ask so much of my students, the work that they put into my classes is just so heavy. Mm
3: -hmm. And I
22: ask so much of them to prepare them for, you know, professional working world experiences. Yes. And they, the ones, the students that, that, that come with and deliver and then watching them and their creations and then their projects when they're out there working, um, that is like the coolest thing, man. That is the coolest thing. That's what I live for. Uh, I love working and I love doing my job and my creative endeavors, Mm -hmm. believe me. But for me, that isn't where it stops because I also have the opportunity to watch these students go out there and slay. And it is,
0: yeah. All right. That was a clip from Mina Khalili in episode number 186. Great episode. You got to go check it out. We're get, we're into the new stuff. We're into the high numbers here. Uh, the next clip that I wanted to share comes from episode 188 with Joshua Ariza. He's a freelance commercial artist and owner at Chomp Brand. And I love this clip because... It's the work that he's done for his own brand, Chomp, and the battles and the struggles that he's gone through to really build that and to create a name for that, which involves print, of course, which is super cool and exciting to me. But uh, let's hear it in Joshua's words. So from episode 188, Joshua Ariza. Um, All right, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you, Josh. Tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
23: Most proud of. Yeah. You know, I can look through my portfolio. There's a lot of things that, like, um, that I'm, I'm happy that I was in the right time and place for, or that someone chose me for. Um, yeah, I'm, I really love the work that I did f- um, for CHOMP. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I feel like it, adversity is a really important thing to, like, to have to face because you you learn to deal with it, you learn to work around it, or you learn to break through it. And, and Chomp has been this same deal, ups and downs, highs and lows, people who tell me it's their favorite brand, people who tell me that they don't get it or they hate it, you know, and the unfiltered feedback that you get from your audience, especially when it, it, can, it grows. Um, and, you know, I have this relationship, this business relationship that hurt, hurt my wholesale business a lot. And I had to wiggle my way out of that. And then I started a new relationship with a, a new wholesale business. And and having experienced all these kind of like highs and lows. And sometimes I think this thing is going to be huge. And then sometimes I think it's just going to fizzle out. And it's not going to work for me. and And being just proud of the riding the roller coaster of it. You know, like mm-hmm. just being proud of like continuing to make things despite of it not being the biggest brand ever or whatever and and the truth is most brands <laughs> are not the biggest brands ever most brands are are taking on water and not profitable most companies are probably not profitable um so um riding the roller coaster of things that we ever chopped the loyalty that people have had to chomp the amount of people who've gotten tattoos of basically the artwork we're talking a hundred oh, people probably you know at the the fact that I'm learning all these other parts of business, inventory management, drop shipping, you know, product development, working with factories in China, you know, on products that I never thought I would make—a blanket, a weed rolling tray, you know, stickers, air fresheners, whatever the heck else—you know—it shows up on there. And then, you know, learning that, you and so now I have this almost like business of consultancy, understanding how all these things work, and um a little bit better i'm not an expert obviously in all those things i'm not an expert in most of those things um but understanding email marketing and th- mm-hmm. those kinds of things it's just like things i never had to do as a designer i would never have to do as a designer so um i'm, I'm proud of that you know um but um
0: definitely yeah. because along with starting your own apparel brand like there's so many pieces of that yeah like you, people like you know. mention it's crazy
23: I'm, that's what I'm jealous of, like a ShamWow or some shit. Like a thing that's just one product. One, the, the company is one product, you know, and it's one SKU and there's no other sizes. And there's, the inventory management is just based on that one thing. And you just advertise that one messaging behind that one thing. Maybe you can't be, uh, be around forever. But, mm. um, but that idea of like, yeah, cashing in, selling a sponge or some shit like that, that would be amazing. Dude,
0: that smile, <laughs> that, that smiley face emoji sponge. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, that Clean thing's incredible, up, too. Cleaned yeah. up. All right, that was a clip from episode 188 with Joshua Ariza. Now, last but not least, and you guys have hung on for well over an hour here if you're still with me in this episode. So, that I definitely appreciate. It's okay if you pause and came back to it. I get that. It's all good. Um, but the last clip that I want to share is from episode 190 with Kenny Morgan. He's the co-founder and CCO at Council Creative out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So uh, let's get right to it. All right, Kenny, we'll turn it around here. Tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one mm-hmm. that just makes your heart sing.
24: Now that's a great question. Um, my answer may be different than than some i think you know i've i've I mentioned it earlier i've had the opportunity to work with some really big clients and small mm-hmm. projects too that were um incredibly fun and rewarding and i'll, I'll never forget it you know I'm um, i'm i'm one of those creatives that also is an avid sports fan so getting to work on the nfl was incredibly fun i got to talk to some hall of famers and yeah that was amazing but i think for me um the design project to me it's, it's always my favorite or the biggest um is the next one And it kind of is a segue from what we just talked about, that um, we can always do better. We can always serve in a greater capacity. And so, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity. We've been really blessed um, to have won a, a good bit of Addy Awards, both locally and regionally. And those are always great. But when I sit there and I watch the content live, I'm just like, man, we could have done this so much better you know and and i don't i don't see it's not from a a negative place it's just i want to serve people in a greater capacity but for one example um there's if you ever get the chance and i I would love to tour you around chattanooga but um there's a chattanooga is like uh it's called the scenic city but it's just full of tourists it's a very tourist town but not not really gimmicky it's it's uh there's it's really beautiful outdoor city but there's a underground waterfall um called ruby falls in chattanooga that we had the pleasure of doing some um experiential videos so when people go on a tour we were able to create this video that they watched at the beginning of their tour yeah um but it's just that whole project i mean they've been they've been around since the 1930s wow and i don't think they ever really told their story i mean i've been in chattanooga for about 28 years um once i moved from tacoma and I had never been to Ruby Falls. Mm-hmm. I've been to plenty of tourist spots in Chattanooga, but never Ruby Falls because I didn't know their story. I didn't know how authentic it was. You know, I, I, I later learned that Ruby was named after the guy's wife who found it. Um, and so, you know, when we when we met him and uncovered the story, it just it became like family and just had the opportunity to tell this cinematic piece in a way that we had never done before. And um, it was amazing. But I'll, I'll tell you what was special about it is, one, this is an exposure in business ownership, but sometimes I get so um, focused in on the quality that if I'm not careful, I'll spend all the money. You know? <laughs> so we we set a budget, and I think it was decent, but um, after the end of it, I think I, I, we actually lost money, And but it, it really turned into a beautiful piece. But what I, I guess I wanted to share just this uh, special moment of being in business ownership. Um, we did a second project for the client, we had to price some stuff out, and they looked at the proposal I'm like, "Hey, this is great. I think we can move forward." But we noticed the pricing was a little higher this time. Can you tell us why? And I was like, "Well, I didn't really want to tell you guys this, but we actually lost a lot of money <laughs> the last time. And so I just, I just need to make sure that I don't lose money this time." And and they're like, "That's great." And about a week later, we got a check. Um, uh, they had asked me what the the how much we had lost, and they basically wrote us a check for. Um, the amount that we went negative, um, which, you know, I've, I've never had that happen before. But um, yeah, I think every project comes with new challenges. Um, and that's what excites me. It's like, I've, yeah, I've got to work with big brands and amazing mom and pops. And I love it. But I'm always forward thinking of how, how can we serve better? How can we, um, we're very open to we, we talk about how we love our clients a lot. So it's Mm -hmm. like, how can we love on people harder? And and that's, that's really the, that's, those are the projects that I'm always excited about. It's not only the past, but what's, what's ahead.
0: I love that story. And the way, like what an amazing client to step up like that and just be like, you know, we have so much value in this relationship. Like tell us what you lost. Yeah. And then by surprise, that's, that's incredible.
24: It was incredible. So, um, we, we we have plans of working with them for a long time so just Amazing. just a blessing
0: all right all right that is the end of episode 200 ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for hanging in there and listening to these clips of projects that these guests are the most proud of the one that just the ones that make their heart sing and that feels good That is just like the feel-good episode. I'm not messing around here. Episode 200, the feel-good episode. That was uh, 24, 25 of them. It was not easy to nail this down to, you know, fewer than 200, obviously, because every single episode I've done, I absolutely love. There's just something about each one that just gets me so excited and you know wants me to keep in touch with these guests because they're just doing such great design things and uh, they're all good people all around good people thank you again so much for listening to this episode i appreciate you as a listener and um here's to 200 more cheers